everyone. Welcome back to the Millican Minute. My name is Sydney McReynolds, Communication Specialist in Marketing and Media Relations. Today I have Nicole Delibris, not new to Millican, but new to her new title, Director of Campus Life. Hi, Nicole. Hi, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. Great. How's the school year going for you? So far, so good. Uh, definitely smoother than last year. Um, and definitely, I would say, feeling better than last year. I think we've kind of got everything under our belt now. Good, good. Yeah, the last year was absolutely crazy. Was. Um, I can't imagine having to do that again, so I'm glad to hear that yes. things are going a little better this time around. Um, I just want to start out by, um, before we get into our topic, doing a quick introduction um, just from you about yourself. You know, how long have you been at Millican? Um, what has that journey kind of looked like for you? Yeah, so um, this is my sixth academic year here at Millican. I've always worked in residential operations or residence life. Um, I moved here from the state of Rhode Island. So I just on a whim was like, hey, I really want a job after grad school. Um, I'm really passionate about student learning, student leadership, um, specifically residence life, and that's kind of why I'm here. So um, I've been lucky enough to move up into several positions here um, and in this year have been promoted to the director level position. Um, so that means that I manage all parts of the residential operation. Um, I learned a lot from the people before me, from the people that I've worked with, and it's been a really good journey. Great. Yeah, that's great to hear. Um, I have had the great opportunity to know Nicole since she started yep. at Millican, um, and I've seen you kind of grow um, in this position. And I do, I agree with you. I think there has been a lot of um, learning. You have seen yes. a lot of stuff <laughs> over your years yes. working here, which kind of brings me into what our topic is. Um, We're going to talk about residence halls um, here at Millican and um, living in the shared space and doing that kind of successfully, um, you know, roommate conflicts and mediations and all of the above. Um, so I do want to ask you about um, residence halls at Millican. Um, a lot of people call them dorms and we um, stress that we don't call them res or we don't call them dorms here. We call them residence halls. Um, can you kind of talk about that and how Millican living might be a little bit different? Sure. So um, in a dorm situation, we often think about, you know, you're going there, you're going home to sleep and that's all that's happening. Um, in a residence hall, we use that terminology because it is also the place where you're learning. You're living there, you're learning, you're having a lot of experience with other people, with the resident assistants, the residential academic peer mentors, and then participating in programming, um, self-development, self-advocacy opportunities that you would not usually have if you're just going somewhere to sleep. So that's why we call them residence halls. Awesome. Yeah, I know the um, experience in Millican is a little bit different than some, uh, especially like much larger scale kind of schools. So um, that kind of brings me into, um, as you were talking about, 2020 was a weird year. Um, and those students that lived in our residence halls didn't necessarily get that normal uh, living in a shared space kind of experience. Um, so have you foreseen or do you foresee or have you seen any issues um, with those students now coming into shared homes or shared apartments or um, living in Greek life, um, not necessarily having learned those skills and abilities their first year here? Has that been an issue? Yeah, um, I would say not so much an issue, but really an adventure to navigate. That's kind of how I try to look at it because it spins it a little bit more positively. Um, but I think a lot of times people are trying to figure out the difference between their social time versus their recharge time. Um, everyone's really taking an opportunity right now to be social. Um, in that being social, that also could be uh, participating in risky behavior, um, not understanding what boundaries look like between you and the people you're living with, 
um, and that's creating a little bit of tension among people, but also, especially for people who might be our sophomores or our first year students, um, being able to navigate that is really difficult because they've been in the same place for one or two years um, under the safety of maybe their homes uh, with their friends from home and things like that instead of with other people who are different from them. And so navigating that social experience, being able to address conflict um, is really difficult right now. And so what we're trying to do, um, especially within the residence halls, is to promote self-advocacy, being able to say, this is a problem for me um, and do it in a, in a positive way. Um, because as much as we think conflict is negative, there is a way to be um, appropriate and, like I said, positive, but also um, like promoting a healthy environment for each other. Yeah. Yeah, and self-advocacy is such an important thing for, like, mm. everyone, but especially students of today to kind of learn that and take that and be able to use that throughout the rest of college. So I think that's a great thing. Um, has it been interesting having not just one year's worth of students um, have these, uh, like, things going on? Has it been interesting having, like, half of the school all trying to learn at the same time how to, like, live in the same place? Yeah, I think it creates um, a type of interesting learning chaos <laughs> definitely a learning curve mm -hmm. where everyone's trying to learn how to be social so people are testing their limits in ways that normally they would in their first year of school um, here at college and that is carrying into the second year potentially the third year we're having a time where our seniors had one full year here and then in their second year um, everything was shut down and everyone could go home. We have our juniors whose first year experience was one semester on campus and one semester off. Our sophomores who were basically, you know, in high school and then completely in what I would call isolation, whether that's COVID related isolation or not, mm -hmm. uh, but isolated from social experiences. And then our first year students who have spent two years potentially learning online um, and not being able to interact with people in what most would think is a safe or considerate way. Um, you know, there, there are risks associated with that. And so everyone is kind of learning where we're all working through this together. I know the term we're, we're all in this together is something that people use a lot, but that's really what's happening is everyone's trying to learn mm -hmm. um, all together. So extending that grace to other people when um, something's not going your way or something's not going exactly the way that you um, expected it to go, we have to check our expectations mm -hmm. and we really have to understand that not everything is going to go the exact way we planned because as we found out from the last few years, we can plan something and mm -hmm. it could maybe not go the same way. So we have to be prepared to be flexible. Yes. Adaptation is yes. the theme of <laughs> the last few years. Yes. Gosh, it's crazy to me that we have four years worth of students and none of them have just like had the normal college experience, mm -hmm. like one year of COVID like completely derailed everybody at some point somewhere. And we have these students who are who are in college, they've been in college for two years and they like don't really know what it's like to, you know, go to class, go home to your residence hall and hang out with your friends and like do all these things. Right. So as someone who went to a four year university, yeah. like that's bonkers to me. Yes. Um, absolutely crazy. So outside of this um, kind of unprecedented times, uh, as you like to call it, um, what are some common issues that you usually see between roommates? Not even necessarily just in the residence halls, but um, when, you know, two people come to you and they say, we're having this problem, I can't stand so-and-so, like what are the common issues that, that those usually stem from? Yeah, um, a lot of things is really when people let things fester. So every single situation I've seen this year and last year, potentially over the summer, all our people letting things go and saying, oh, it's not a problem right now. We don't really need to address it right now. Mm -hmm. um, and then when the problem comes to me, 
it needs to be addressed right in that moment. And if a resolution is not there and present right then, people want to leave that living space or don't feel like it's safe there um, and things like that. So what we're really seeing is a lot of like mental health concerns that mm -hmm. have gone unaddressed um, individually. So like for an individual or that's affecting a roommate, whether that is um, someone living at the woods, living in a separate room as someone, um, maybe that's in Greek housing with a roommate or someone down the hall in the residence halls uh, with someone that you've maybe just met a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, we have some of those mental health concerns that we're really um, taking care of right now and trying to help people understand that they can utilize their resources. Um, the other thing we're seeing is also making sure that people are communicating appropriately. Um, with that, when we're in front of people, uh, we don't have a screen in front of us. And so we already were working with generations of students, mm -hmm. um, my generation included, where cell phones were super popular. Yes. Um, and everything can be done on your phone. Mm -hmm. um, addressing conflict cannot be done on your phone. Um, it, it is highly suggested that you don't <laughs> address it conflict. Makes it worse if you ask me. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, because you can't read what someone is saying on a phone mm -hmm. and you can't just video chat or put it on Snapchat or go into a group message and then leave the group message. Mm -hmm. um, if you can leave a group message, that's fine, but you can't leave a face-to-face -face conversation and mm -hmm. that can be really difficult for people. Um, and so sometimes sitting with that discomfort and saying, I'm, I'm feeling okay to be uncomfortable for a moment if we can resolve this issue. Mm -hmm. um, it takes a really mature person to say that um, and it takes a really... Um, it takes a moment for people to really get there. Mm -hmm. And so if we can't sit in the discomfort for a moment, um, that is when things really, they blow up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so what we really want people to do is to address things in person. Um, our process here in the Office of Campus Life is that you have to address the conflict in person first, in person, not on a text message. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you are in a residence hall talking to your RA, um, if you're in a Greek house talking to someone on the exec board, um, if you're at the woods, you know, talking to your roommate and then addressing it with the woods. And then we get looped in as the professional staff mm -hmm. to be able to say, let's do this. We need to look at your roommate agreement. If there's not a roommate agreement, we have to do it. Give it some time. And then after that, we work through the next steps of the process. Mm -hmm. um, it is very difficult to move someone because you might remove someone from an environment where they feel like they can't address conflict. And then when you move someone that conflict can fester into another roommate situation. Mm -hmm. And so we want to address it at the root. And that is, again, takes a lot of maturity to do that. Um, and I could go on, I, I could really go on. Um, and so um, as someone who works with people who are managing conflict all the time, personally, I do not enjoy conflict. Mm -hmm. I don't know anyone who does. Um, and if I do, they might be a lawyer, yeah. um, but I am not Went someone. Into that profession right. for conflict, yeah. Right. Um, I'm happy to help people manage conflicts, but I want to put it in their hands. Mm -hmm. um, and when I say I don't enjoy conflict, I mean, we're all people. We don't like conflict we right, like for right. things to be peaceful and harmonious um, but in an effort to do that we have to be able to put ourselves in a place where we are helping foster that in our environment mm -hmm. so is there anything um outside of just trying to explain you know all of these steps of communication and um you know like being mature is there anything outside of that that you can um give to students or um something like a piece of advice or something for them to read or any any resource um i have one senior ra who's helping work with roommate mediations um and she talked about something in our staff meeting 
a few weeks ago um, that was like listening, active listening. And so I'd like to gather that information and put it on our webpage. Um, and I'd also like the RAs to share it. And then I plan to share it with the Greek president. So just to make sure that people have a resource to refer to. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing too is, you know, especially if you live in the residence halls, the RAs are trained on all of this. Mm-hmm. And so if, if someone doesn't know how to address a, a concern or a conflict, to go to that RA and say, what on earth should I say to somebody Mm -hmm. if I'm having a conflict there, there is a resource. Um, the other thing too is, and I know this sounds very cliche, um, but even if you don't think you need counseling or, or that you want to go to counseling, having someone listen and reflect back to you just to talk with someone Mm -hmm. can be really helpful. And that also can help you pick up on listening skills. Um, I'm a big proponent for everyone should go to counseling at least once. Um, you know, it takes also a lot of courage to go and do that. Whether or not you think you have something going on where it needs to be addressed in counseling or not would be really important, um, especially as a resource. Counseling is free on campus. Mm -hmm. Um, And as someone who pays for counseling themselves, (laughs) I would say for sure, use your resources on campus. Mm -hmm. And there's some great counselors on campus too that we have. Yeah, we have five counselors on campus right now. We have three full-time counselors and we have two interns. And so the Student Mental Behavioral Health Center um, has been talking to the residence hall students this Mm -hmm. week in our safety meetings about what those resources are. So I would do that. Um, Again, Text messaging is not the best way of communication. <laughs> it's convenient mm-hmm. and it it's, um, provides instant gratification, mm-hmm. but it's sometimes you have to take s- some time to sit with the information mm-hmm. and do some research on your own. Yes, yeah. it's great to ask your roommates if you um, if they want to go get McDonald's chicken nuggets with you, but Absolutely. not always great to ask them why they are acting the way that they are. <laughs> or why they keep the lamp on so long or anything like that. Yeah. Sometimes it's just not an asking situation. You're mm-hmm. like, hey, you know... Would you mind turning off the lamp at this time? This is when I'm going to bed. The would you mind part of that conversation mm-hmm. is very helpful mm-hmm. instead of accusing someone of doing something. Yes. Because we don't know the reasons why people do things and we might not ever know, but we can ask if people would mind mm-hmm. doing X, Y, or Z. A lot of times people don't even know why they do things themselves. So uh, absolutely right. <laughs> I yeah. can see why that could be an issue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what is um, some tips that you have? You've kind of talked about, you know, like communicating, um, but then it can even be like small little things like mm-hmm. set ground. I know, I know they do this before yeah. they move into residence halls, but setting ground rules or like taking time once a week to connect with each other or something right. like anything. What are your like kind of big tips that you can give anyone um, trying to live like in a shared space with a stranger yeah. that they maybe just met two weeks ago? Yeah. I would say always making sure that you are being courteous. Being courteous means a lot of different things, but it also means that sometimes you have to check yourself. Um, and people don't always get comfortable checking themselves because we grow up being reaffirmed and reassured that we are doing great. Um, a lot of people do. And in that situation, if that's you, then you sometimes are like, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. But really, we need to check ourselves. That's one thing. The other thing is when I say being courteous, I also mean, you know, if you're sick saying, you know, I've I've gone to get a COVID test. I'm taking medication. It's my allergies. Hey, roommate, just so you know, this is something that's happening with me. Um, but if you have questions, let me know. Mm-hmm. And be prepared to field questions because not everyone knows how to ask questions quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and not everyone knows how to answer questions without feeling like they're being accused of something. And so just having that positive, trying to establish that positive relationship as much as possible mm-hmm. really takes place on the individual. It's not always the other person you're talking to. It's a lot on the person who is, you know, needing 
needing to take responsibility. So that's really kind of one of the things that I think about. Um, don't leave passive aggressive notes for people. <laughs> Not everyone receives a note super well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you can't read writing very well. Um, so like having conversation, um, using I statements, like it makes me feel blank insert emotion here mm-hmm. when you do blank and again not in an accusatory way mm-hmm. but you know it makes me feel upset when you leave the door unlocked because all of my stuff is potentially exposed to someone too mm-hmm. um you know it makes me feel you know, insert emotion here mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of goes like that um and also making sure that people know of what your routine looks like um you don't have to tell everyone every five minutes what you're doing yeah. <laughs> some people don't always want to know mm-hmm. um but letting them know like hey i'm going to do this and this you know i'll be back around this time mm-hmm. is making sure that people know when you're coming back so maybe you can avoid being locked out of your living space yes you know things like that <laughs> it's like that open over communication mm-hmm. um and if someone is saying they don't want to be over communicated with then that's a difference of communication and you should find a common ground mm-hmm. if you don't know how to find a common ground let me know mm-hmm. we can talk about it yes as someone who earned a degree in communication Um, There are lots of different communication styles and everyone's is different. And so you just have to learn to work with that. Um, It's interesting trying to navigate that. (laughs) Well, and when you move into the workplace, Mm -hmm. everyone's going to communicate differently as well. Mm -hmm. We can't make assumptions about how someone's going to communicate. And right now, especially right now for first year students, Mm -hmm. for sophomores, it can be really hard when you're not thinking of, you know, this is where I'm going to work coming up Mm -hmm. or I know what my goal is, but I don't know who I'm going to be working with. Mm just keeping that in the back of your mind and knowing that you're going to eventually have to learn these skills. This is probably the safest place to do it. Yep. So let's give you the skills uh, now. Let's help you acquire those skills so that you can be fine in the future because working through a workplace conflict is going to be way more difficult in the professional world than working through a roommate conflict. Mm. Agreed yes. with that. Agreed with that. Well, Nicole, I think that's all the questions I have for you. Is there anything, any final thoughts you would like to leave us with today? Anything extra you would like our listeners to know? Um, our office is UC 354. Uh, we often have snacks and candy. Um, so if you want to stop by, get some candy, say hi to Kaylee at the front. Um, we're happy to say hi. Um, if you need anything, come see us or the CAP, which is the Center for Academic and Professional Performance. The Division of Student Affairs is mostly up here on the third floor of the UC. Um, and we're happy to just say hi to people if you want to stop in or if you want to talk about something, um, pop in and see if we're available. Great. All right. Well, thank you, Nicole. Um, if you have any roommate conflicts, um, if you just want to say thank you to um, those who are doing all of our contact tracing um, and helping us through those conflicts, um, come up to Campus Life in the UC third floor. Thank you for talking with us today. 